Hi, Spots and Cheap Pops, you're on the air. Hi, Spots and Cheap Pops, ladies and gentlemen, it is me, Silicon Steve Allen. I'm, of course, with my main man, Vladdy Donnie. I'm so close now, Vladdy. Look at me. And we are High Spots and Cheap Pops, and we're talking the very best professional wrestling the internet has to offer. And right now, we're going to talk about all elite wrestling and some positive things that I'm seeing. Vladdy, you are the master of AEW of AEW programming. You take meticulous notes, the kind of effort, the kind of brand that we are establishing here in High Spots and Cheap Pops. We go the extra effort every step of the way. Vladdy, Dottie, your notes, your thoughts. We're going to go to Vladdy Dottie's AEW review. We got to come up with a little bit of a better name and possibly a theme yeah. song. Yeah, but- because the... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, but we're not there yet. Because, of course, remember Vladdy Dottie's Dynamite. Review. I mean, that was perfect. And it was the jingle wrote itself. It was excellent. So we got to figure out something with this thing. But, yeah, we just we figured we'd just do like a rapid fire sort of idea, like in terms of just different topics of what we're seeing currently in AEW, because there's certainly a lot to speak of. So... I'm going to lead off with this. Uh, last time we had Dynamite and during Dynamite, there was a situation where Deanna Perrazzo was wrestling Madison Rain. And during this match, yeah, you know, you and I have been pretty critical of the women's division, and it hasn't necessarily been all that great, short of timeless Tony Storm. But in this situation, Tony Storm's challenger, Perrazzo, is in a match against a woman who, who is my understanding is one of the trainers there for the female talent. And during this match, it had a pretty bad bump. Some people would refer to it as a botch. Seemed like a weird flatliner that just went round. I would put it that way. And then what was odd was Madison Rain, who's the trainer, it seems as if, you know, and again, I'm not looking to just, you know, put blame on her. However, Seems like she sort of went the wrong way with this, landed on her head terribly. And the next thing you know, it is being called the move of the night by Intuit TurboTax. Because you know what, fell you want to know what, folks? Uh, if I was an advertiser and paying advertising dollars to a wrestling company, what I'd want my brand to be associated with is paralysis. Great move by whoever's in the truck there, folks. So, I again, you know, we talk about indie show, amateurish. This is another thing. They could have just said, instead of her being dropped on her head and almost basically breaking her neck, just go to the ankle lock, which was the submission hold that went and ended the match anyways. But for some reason, somebody with some sort of sway of, about what goes on live TV was like, no, the part where she gets dropped on her head, let's use that one. And I found that surprising. So that was my uh, my take on that whole situation. And then this is also coming off the heels of what happened recently with Sammy Guevara. Two separate incidences um, and different levels of bad, in my opinion. So just something that uh, I've, I've noticed of late here, which just caught my attention. But when they had that freeze frame shot for Intuit TurboTax, and it was her about, I don't know, about to be just driven into the mat on top of the crown of her head, I was like, this is, I laughed. It was just, it was, I, I couldn't help myself. 
Today you spell the word irony, I-N-T-U-I-T, for into it. It's And you brought this up in a text. It was reminiscent in terms of taste or lack of awareness of the Nick Gage slicing Jericho's face with a pizza slicer while a Pizza Hut commercial is on. It was the same kind of tone-deaf thing. Now, I'm, I didn't care as much. What I saw with the bump from last night, I'm very sure she was Madison Rain was fine. And I'm very sure that they knew that she was fine. I know you said it was kind of quick, but if it was something really serious, they would have known a little bit better. There was a conversation between the referee and Madison Rain right after the bump. It looked bad. The entire audience gasped. It certainly wasn't yeah. one I would want to take. And it really did look like some, they got one of two things, either, two, as you said, Madison Rain took the wrong kind of bump. She'd been trying to take a face bump, a, fa- uh, a front face bump, a pu- if, it, if it was a flatliner type move. If it was something kind of like, not a Spanish fly, but if it was something similar to a Spanish fly or something similar to, um, oh, what's the, uh, mm, to the move that's, that Swerve does where he kind of picks the person up and it flips them around. Oh, uh, yeah, the... Uh... Cradle DDT or yeah, maybe something like that, but that didn't look like anything that I've seen Peraza do. Now I don't know Peraza that well, so it could have very well been the right bump and Peraza screwed up. But either way, you got two people. Deanna Peraza has been in the business for over a decade. Madison yep. Rain for two decades. There is no reason these two should be the standard. And even before that, they were kind of seemingly not knowing each other. They've had to wrestle thousands of times, not literally hyperbolic. And they just didn't seem comfortable with each other. There was times where they were kind of slowly grappling, yep. almost like going through the motions. So, yeah, um, the big bump that was really bad, though, was Sammy Guevara. If Sammy Guevara is going to do these really impressive four flips or five flips in the air, he's got a damn well sure he hits it square. And he didn't do it again. And, you know, you talk about some of the great things that, that Sammy's done. He's made some beautiful moves. And when he does, it's beautiful. Who can forget the greatest cutter ever on Cody in Cody's last match in AEW? Right. So Sammy Guevara has a talent. But he's whatever, whatever he's got to do, he's got to focus and not make these little mishaps. And because Jeff Hardy is very fortunate he only got a broken nose. Because that was effed. That was effed yeah. in the A. That bump, that hit the knee, boom. So in general, though, you're seeing a lot of that with AEW. Almost every other week, there's seemingly either a really bad botch or a really bad bump, and that's something that is going to come, but you can expect it if you're getting someone who's only had a couple dozen matches or hasn't been on television that much. You can understand it, but Deanna Perrazzo and Madison Rain should be the last people to have anything remotely looking like that. Now... It could be something that Madison Rain will say. Look, it wasn't that big of a deal. I just took it the wrong way. What have you? Let's move on. But uh, you know, it does make you wonder the lack of the just the tone deaf lack of awareness. But the other part is that did look really cool. It looked if 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 it was a decent bump and it didn't hurt her. Wow, what a what a great looking bump. She puts everyone in New Japan to shame. Because they just drop people on the next cycle, which willy nilly, whoops. So yeah, I, yeah, it's just it's been uh, you, you know, and you used the term actually for Sammy earlier and during pre-production where you labeled him as reckless, and yeah, honestly, he sort of comes across that way at times. 
Well, he's got to grow. You know, don't forget, you go back about eight, nine years ago, maybe seven years ago, who were we saying couldn't work and he was really unsafe? Seth Rollins. So Sammy is even younger than Rollins is. Sammy's got to grow and be more careful and maybe not do these big, crazy spots on a random Friday fucking night. Yeah. It was a rampage, right? What's up? It was a rampage, right? It was on a rampage. That's why everybody knew about it. There were videos already uploaded with that, with the bump that it took, you know, fan cameras showing the knee hitting Jeff Hardy's face. And it just, again, to me, I think it's just one of those things where Sammy's got to get a lot better and he takes so many high risks. The more risks you take, the more botches you're going to have. Everybody botches, everybody botches. And it's not like you can practice falling through a table from 30 feet high. Those things you just do, and you got to hope for the best. The flips, though, you got to be more careful. You got to be square. You got to know what you're doing because when you're flying through the air with that kind of velocity, and then you have the knee spot where it comes up, anything can go wrong. That more so needs to be perfect. So, you know, Sammy just needs to be a lot more careful. I'm not going to kill him for it. I don't think he's the worst wrestler ever. But when he gets into those motions, he is not careful enough. He literally has severely hurt two Hardys. Both both Hardys. Like, literally yeah. put them both down with a concussion and with a broken nose. And it was both yeah. times him being careless or reckless. I mean, Jesus Christ, don't Matt Hardy, do not put your kids in the ring with this guy. Just put it out there. <laughs> yeah, they'll uh he'd end their end their careers before they hardly got started. Sammy Guevara misses a four fifty and lands on Max Max's head. Kid kid kid's eye socket pops out. Never never can't wrestle ever again. Yeah. He's 18 years old, and he, he, it was over before it started. Yeah, he's like the butcher of the Hardy family. It's unreal. Um, that should be his gimmick. Turn heel. Turn heel. Turn heel again, Sammy, because that's working out so well with your baby face heel, baby face heel, baby face heel. That. Yeah. Um, Jay White, man. How you feeling yes. about this? Jay White is about to turn heel, so I'm I'm okay with. They had the moment where they bumped uh, Mr. Ass, Daddy Ass, Ass Daddy, Billy Gunn. Now, how do you think, like, do you think they uh, absorb Billy Gunn? Yes. Okay. Because you saw the syncopation with the the, the, the Gunn sons. They hit the uh, four, the 510 to Yuma. But, yeah. but badass Billy Gunn actually got it with uh, with Austin. So you have that. And Jay White is already annoyed. And by the way, if it's not part of the shtick, he's going to force it because he looks ridiculously unhappy at the end of that match. I'm assuming it's not because he's pissed off, like shoot pissed off because this sucks. Right, right. I think this is just a way to keep them busy until they get Juice Robinson back. I would like to see the triples titles combined. There is no reason there are two six-man championship title, uh, there's six championship belts being defended on your weekly television program. It's ridiculous. Nobody likes it. Nobody likes it. 
And I know they want to keep Ring of Honor their own entity. Well, then stop putting Ring of Honor titles on top tier caliber guys who've already been world champions elsewhere, who've already have been tag team champions in AEW. Don't give them that bullshit garbage six-man tag title from Ring of Honor. Try to elevate people. Because I don't want to see two... Look, you're pushing it even with one six-man tag. I like that they have it. It was great. I enjoy it. To have a second one is b- bizarre and stupid. Well, it's two different companies. No, I right. don't want them defending on the same shows then. Right. Segregate them. Okay, yeah. pal. And they've yeah. done a better job with segregating the, the titles. Notice Eddie Kingston now has been more consistent with defending the Continental opposed to the Ring of Honor. Uh, I think he defended only the Continental last week. Um, so I like that they're kind of staying away from it, but they got to do a better job and combine these two or, or segregate them. That's what you got to do with this. But uh, yeah. Jay White, I'm being patient. I think Jay White has a great career ahead of him in AEW, and he doesn't look happy. So he's going to turn heel. Maybe it'll be a thing where they play it out to see how long maybe Jay White leaves on his own accord. And then, you know, we'll see. I, that might be something that they kind of work toward. But, you know, I, I'm going to have some patience with Jay White. I would be normally killing them because I love Jay, but I think they're going to be fine. Considering how many factions AEW has, I like the idea of having a trios title because if it's used right, okay, it gives one of the factions something to do. And also actually more than one because they have the feud against one or more other factions. Mm-hmm. So I'm cool with it, but they just don't use it right. They're like, oh, we have two different championships from two different quote-unquote companies. Let's put them together. Now, you know, what I think is going to happen here is I think I don't know how long Juice is going to be out. I think you're right. Uh, Billy Gunn joins them. He's the heater. It's great. Um, and I'd like to see that because putting those guys at Jay White, it's a pretty imposing group. And then Juice comes back and it's, you know, it's 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 pretty damn cool. And plus, I like the idea of Billy Gunn being involved because, you know what, he is connected to DX, you know, and, and there is that lineage there as well and to the click and stuff. So it just makes sense. But, yeah, Jay White, I, I feel kind of bad for because I know how much you like him, but he hasn't really been quite himself. I, let me put it this way. I almost, to me, it's almost like a BCAD thing. I have Jay White previous tofu, and then I have pre- Jay White after the tofu comment. And ever since then, like, and that feud and the way it went and everything that evolved, and not to mention, why isn't Jay White and the Bullet Club going after Adam Cole. That's what. This is another major thing that sort of bothers me about all this. Okay, yeah, we'll get to it eventually. But again, I don't understand like why they just decided to drop out of their way and allow them to go like feud with the jerk off best friend crew. That makes zero sense to me. So yeah, I and I kind of feel for you, and I and I think Jay White has a lot more potential than what they're giving him the ability to show at this point. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I I don't know if the tofu thing. I don't know. That was that was when I'm like, is MJF really that great? That was kind of silly. Oh yeah, I'm not commenting on the, the, the moment. Of, of one. Yeah, the moment. I didn't like the build. No, I didn't like the build because, yeah. and then in the match itself between MJF mm-hmm. and, and Jay White, 
You could see how Adam Cole was trying to bu- he bungled cheating for MJF both times. That's why you knew uh, Mile. Everyone knew it at, at that point in time. Adam Cole was going to turn if anyone paid attention to that main event. Um, in terms of Jay White, I thought his promo was good with 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 Max. I thought he did the best he could with what he was given. The booking, the way the way he was booked was terrible. And yeah, why doesn't Hangman care all of a sudden? Hangman was supposed to go after Adam Cole and his crew, and so was Bullet Club Gold, and they all dropped it. And it, that that's it's infuriating. Yeah, you're damn right. That is infuriating. Because that we, we were all excited to see, and all it was to do was to get them together. Now, it might have been a situation where, okay, we want to we want to get to this point where Billy Gunn joins Bullet Club. We want to get back to that point. Maybe Billy Gunn is saying, well, let me tell a story about him betray- betraying the acclaimed. Maybe they want to tell a little bit more of a story about that and, right. and build this relationship, which is all well and good. But <clears throat> by the end of the day, you already lost the momentum. And yep. Jay White was Adam Cole's bitch, and that doesn't do his character much at all. Now, the thing is, wrestling fans have very short memories. Jay White can have one decent program with one guy and be the ruthless Pain in the ass, brilliant, he, brilliant heel he was in New Japan, and then everyone's going to forget about. Him. So the good positive is he's on TV every week. I mean, how many times you see him bringing a free agent and he's on TV once every three or four weeks? If that, Miro, Andrade, you know, House of Black, <laughs> you know. So there's a lot of people. How about this one? And I think he might be hurt again. But how about um, Scorpio Sky? So it's not just the, the WWE guys. How about Wardlow for several months? And so it's not just WWE guys. It's everybody. They have big yeah. stars that have momentum, and they just fuck it up and squash it. So it, I will say that. At least Jay White is on TV pulling the gold members brand, the Bullet Club gold brand. He's always putting up this. The name of this faction is the worst part about it, the Bang Bang Singer, Scissor Gang. I mean, for, I mean, come on. I went to a sex party with a better name than that. Wow. Wasn't that? That's a hot take, man. I mean, come on. So I'm with you. I'm going to have patience with Jay White. I think he turns on them, and I think everything's going to be okay within the next six months. For now, you want to, but Jay White definitely didn't look happy at the end of these matches. And you can tell even in his promos, he looks a little like. Yeah. It's like rolling his eyes. And you know what? It makes sense because I think eventually you're going to have the Young Bucks uh, having the Tag Team Championship and uh, the Acclaimed are a perfect feud for them. Yeah. Like, it it would be a very, to me, that's like a a good AEW Tag Team feud there that doesn't involve, say, FTR. And they need to do that. And the Bucks need to, I'm glad the Bucks are really digging into this heel persona because that's what they're best at. They're horrible baby faces, in my estimation. They're they they are whiny. They're bitchy. They're they just you just they just have these faces that you just want to smack. You're my friend, right? We're friends. You know what? You know what, Hangman? You're just drunk. You like Judge, judgmental like, pricks. So uh, now that you can get attacked for some reason, they were afraid to be hated. And we need an FTR Young Bucks blood feud. That's what we've always wanted. It's great who the best is, who the best is, who the best is. The best two out of three, biggest show in, in wrestling history outside of WWE. FTR got the right booking. FTR won that. Now it's time for them to get into a heated, hateful rivalry and get the crowd 
feeling it here. And to the Bucks' credit, body, the Bucks are doing a hell of a job as, as heels right now. They have come in and they have done good television. But and I don't know if you brought up the if you have Ric Flair written down in your notes. Yeah, I did. I, he was in my notes. I wasn't. If you want to touch base on him, we could definitely talk about it because it's the first time that he's been there for weeks. I was wondering where he was. Well, we have mentioned it when the Bucks first came back. We mentioned Ric Flair could easily turn on Sting here. Oh, absolutely. And so that that was the first thing that either one of us thought. So here you're starting to see it. But will Ric Flair be a double agent type thing? And that's why he's the dirtiest player in the game. Who knows? But he has signed right. a two-year deal. I have a feeling he might be long-term with the Bucks, at least for the foreseeable future. But who knows? But I will say well, it's interesting what's happening between Sting, Darby, and the Bucks. They've done a good job building this feud, and I'm really looking forward to that title match. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to it, too. It's going to be interesting when we do our picks. Um, yeah, and they also mentioned that Sting just lost his father. So it's too bad he wasn't going to stick around for another six months. So Christian could have a, a few licks in there. Oh, Christian. Got to ask you about this. Are we getting tired of the dead father stick? Is it time for him to kind of uh, move on to or maybe add something to the repertoire? Not for me. You're all good with it every time. Okay. I was uh, like, I was making dinner when, it, when I heard, and I was like, is he going to say it? He hadn't said it in a while. He, he, he's been laying off well, on Well, you know, it depends on who he's feuding with. If their family genealogy is pretty strong and the old man's still alive, he can't use it. But if something shady happens, maybe, you know, like in terms of somebody's family and the father passed away, man, that's the first thing he's looking up at in uh, Wikipedia. <laughs> I I don't mind it to be honest with you, because he hadn't used it in a while. He's getting heat in a lot of other different ways in the things that he's saying. He's not a one-trick pony, so I disagree with that. Um, but I didn't. I certainly didn't think he was the male performer of the year, though, like you. So maybe well, that's you're what really I'm saying. Bi- you're really bipolar with him, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say bipolar, but I'm saying, you know what? He's got to add to this. The, the standard has been set. It's, it's pretty high. He was the male wrestler of the year for the Bloody Dotties. You can't just be coming out here like Henny Youngman doing the same shtick over and over. Take my wife, please. Uh, exactly. Well, no, but, but he's built upon it. He became the patriarchy. Now he has different things where he wants to become people's father. He has definitely developed this patriarchy character into something more than just your father's dead. You know, however, maybe it's a way to manipulate Daniel Garcia to join the patriarchy. That would be great. He just gets all the young wrestlers who have dead fathers. It's kind of morbid in ways. I mean, yeah. But, I mean, Christian Christian Cage is work angle banging a dude's mom after he made fun of his dad being dead. Nick Wayne's mom. Which is incredible. And she is a looker. Very attractive young lady. It's funny how, like... uh... She's starting to evolve, and I'm telling you, they got to add another. Uh, they got to add another woman into that mix just to make it a little bit more weird. I don't know if it needs to be weirder than that, but I don't know. So that's my thing on Christian. I actually still like it. I'm into it. Yeah, I'm into it too. But you know what? I can't just be bought with dead father promos each and every time. Oh, he hadn't done it. When was the last time he did it? I don't know. Does it enough? He hasn't done it in weeks, if not months. 
Well, I mean, what is he doing? You already mentioned it, Adam Copeland. How many times is he going to go and kick that dead horse? He didn't say it. Yeah, but he didn't do it in the way that, you know, he didn't give the old pronounce, the, the pronouncement of your father's dead. He didn't use that shtick on Edge Copeland. <laughs> Adam the um, Edge Copeland. Edge. You brought up his name earlier, Wardlow. Does his promo. And uh, you like this promo. You think it's one of his best you were mentioning, right? I mean, the bar isn't super high, right? Right. Yeah, it's definitely like a Mambo line that I might be able to get under. So with that, were you surprised that Adam Cole's character allowed him to go to the ring and speak? Frail Adam Cole. Was Adam Cole even there? Exactly. Like all of a sudden Wardlow's got a set. He's going to go and cut a promo after Adam Cole's already said Wardlow's going to hand the title to uh, to me. And I told you Wardlow is just bullshitting them and he's going to be more aggressive and more about himself. And Who's so that's the, the guy that I saw come out last night. And that's the guy that I saw tout how he beat the living snot out of punk and MJF. And he said, I should have been a world, but I never got one chance for a world championship. It's storyline. It makes total sense. Wardlow got screwed over. He wasn't booked for whatever reason. And he has every reason to be, to have a gripe. This is now like his third chance of being something. So do you want to give up on Wardlow and let him go to WWE and let them make him a big star? Is that what you want? Uh, I don't really have a dog in that fight, but I'm okay with it either way. So, well, like, yeah, but if you're, point, yeah, but what I'm saying, if you're AEW, you have this young star who has all the potential in the world. They're not just going to give up on him. Like, is that like I don't know what you want them to do. What do you want them to do with him then? Uh, try to give him a push. I, well, you know what? I've seen now two two different types of pushes that he's had here, and I don't understand why they basically ejected from the the crashing plane each time with this guy. I don't know why they get to a certain point and they're like, yeah, no, nah, that's enough. We're out of here. And and like, I, so help me, man. If I have to see this a third time with this guy, are they just looking to destroy him? Like, wh- like what does it take? Like, listen, he's the total package. Not not comparing him to Lex Luger, but he, he's got the look. He's got the, the move set. He can actually speak decently when given he's, when he's given decent material. But for some reason, they they put they hit the eject button right when they get to the point of like, you know what? They were about to feud him with Samoa Joe, and then all of a sudden they were a tag team for just for him to go and and like turn on so uh, turn on uh, uh, which went low. It's just strange. They just they don't make sense with anything they do with him. Yeah, the booking's terrible for him. I'm not. Cer- I'm certainly yeah. not suggesting it hasn't been terrible. What I, what I'm saying though is is that I I am interested to see this dynamic in Wardlow. Um, I have seen in this character kind of an eye roll when Adam Cole said he's going to give him his title. He's like, oh, yeah. I mean, you saw it. Ward was out for himself here. He's, and he's just using them to get to Max, and that's it. Um, I am looking forward to seeing what they're doing. I'm glad Wardlow came out, and he actually acknowledged the fact how he's been booked. He didn't say the word booking, but he's like, I never got a shot at a title. You put me, in a, you, you put me with Samoa Joe, I choked him out, too. I should be right there getting a world championship title match. I need to be that guy because I beat up 
world heavyweight champions, and he obviously two people who we one we know is not in the company, and one we're hoping will be back in the company. But even the current heavyweight champion Wardlow pointed out that he beat up Punk, MJF, and Samoa Joe. This is where he belongs. I need to be a world champion. This is what I want to do. So I like that statement. Let's see how they follow up with it. But to your point, yeah, the booking has been atrocious. They wasted time, and then he stayed home for four or five months for what? So I'm good. I'm but I see a little bit of a different direction creatively for for AEW right right now. They seem to have been spending more time actually building up the storylines opposed to what they were doing for most of January. Now you're starting to see some things as they're building up. They have their their pay per view is completely set more than two weeks out. That's that hasn't happened in well over a year. Um, maybe longer than that. Yeah. So AEW, whoever is taking over, it took a little while to get going, but it seems like they're building some co- cohesive storylines, and that's great because I want AEW to be successful. They were the number one uh, show on cable last night, so give it up to them. That's what we want to see. You know, for anyone who thinks that we're anti-AEW, go back on any of our videos from two years ago, and you'll see what we are. That's not who we are. We want great pro wrestling to be readily available to us and to grow in popularity so attractive women start liking us. But I like where it's going, so that's my thing on Wardlow. Interesting. Um, FTR, Blackpool Combat Club. Is this, a, is this a feud you've been dreaming about? I mean... I don't like when you're making out with your opponent to try to see who's tougher. You know, because what, what I'll kiss you harder. I'm going to kiss you harder. Oh yeah. Well, I'll, well, I'll pet your ass. Oh yeah. I'm going to pet your ass. <laughs> I feel like this is going to be like Vince on Vince action right there. It was completely on it. All right. I'm going to pat you right on your ass. How do you like that, John? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to stick my hand down your pants. What do you think of this? What do you about this one? It's all good. Yeah. You like it? Oh, yeah. He starts bleeding while he's jerking Dax off. Ah! I wonder if he blades in bed with Renee. Ah! John, what are you doing? God damn it. I'm not into blood. Or scat. Watching Mox interact with uh, Cash and Dax in a wrestling match is pretty funny. To see the battle of styles like happening as it unfolds. When they had that singles match, there's that one spot where um, Dax was on the on the apron for I'm sorry, on the mat with his shoulders down for almost like 30 seconds, just waiting for Mox to do something off the top turnbuckle. Yeah, and I'm like, these guys are so not on the same page, and I get it. Listen, you know what? I like seeing Claudio in there against Cash and Dax, but Mox, it's just a different animal altogether and mixing that into this it just there's always something to miss with their matches man but i get it hey they did the tj they did the t i forget the dude's name but they did that finisher when claudio when when cesaro and tj the guy married to natalia that guy oh yeah yeah um the guy who's apparently T.J. Wilson to wrestle. There you go, T.J. Yes, Wilson. Yes. Yeah. And uh, they did they did that oh, that old finisher with Box doing that, and that was pretty good. I thought the match. I liked the tag match a lot more than I liked the singles match. Yeah, the singles match was pretty rough, man. And again, I feel bad for Dax. It's like 
every time he's in a friggin' singles match, I know he's going to lose. It doesn't really ex- like empower FTR as a tag team. And then I texted you guys. I'm watching Dynamo. I'm like, I'm like, FTR has only had one match up until last night for 2024. Like as a tag team, it just it, it yeah. sucks. You know, and again, I, you know, I, I, they were fired up in that second secondary promo after the match. I don't know where it's going to go. You got the young bucks on the horizon. Uh, hopefully they give us a feud, you know? Yeah. Well, they're going to be there for a while. FTR's there for at least a couple more years. So there's no reason for them not to, but I think you're going to build the, the bucks heel heat up a little bit more, maybe have a, maybe feud with an acclaimed or feud with maybe even a high energy. What are they called? Top flight. Top flight. Yeah. Maybe even private party. Oh, with cheesecake the young, in their corner. Yeah. Remember when they beat, um, the young bucks and now that did wonders for their career. I mean, it did put them on the map. I mean, they did beat the bucks right out of the shoot. I just, they didn't build it. They didn't carry the momentum afterward. It's all about the momentum, what you do afterward. Right. So, um, and also the bucks probably wanted a situation where they wanted to show you that they're not afraid to put young people over as long as they like them and they're their friends. Yeah. And I will file that next to action and ready and send. We're good. Yeah, you have, got a point. I mean, I'm certainly you, not going to. We were talking about um, creative uh, with AEW. Did you see the recent hire? Yes. I don't know enough about her, but she won Emmys, so good for her. Uh, yeah, basically soap opera Emmys. And this is the other thing I know about her as there's in wrestling, if you're, you know, sort of a, a mark like us, if you will. You know, behind the scenes that The Rock often associates himself with a writer by the name of Brian Gerwitz. Yes. And and Jen, uh, what's her name? Jen Pepperman. Jen Pepperman. She is basically the Brian Gerwitz to Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet's The Rock, if you will. Which kind of caught me off guard because I never really thought of... Sasha Banks is having like these standout moments in WWE where I'm like, oh, that was a great like promo or feud. There was a lot of injuries in between. Um, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit of a fan, but it's guarded. I, you know, it is what it is, and I just wait for the other shoot to drop in some ways, you know. So that does, that's another major sign for me that you know, besides the Boston graphic on the one thing for uh, their upcoming event in Boston that. Mercedes Monet is definitely going to be there when you make a hire like this. And then, is it even a question? Um, Are we even going to like? Oh, no, no, now. No, no, no. It's not even. Yeah. It's like, yeah, this is like one of the more certain things that you could ever imagine for sure. It's as certain um, as CM Punk was when he first came back. But only one person knew that. I don't know, man. Boston. And there's yeah. wrestling fans on the internet. There's like you don't know that for sure. Even like. E drones are saying they don't know that for sure, and you're arguing it's like okay. I... It's, but but let me ask you this: Yeah, you and I are 100 percent on the same page. She's coming there, right? Is it going to make a difference? It again, it depends on on how they book her. I mean, it depends on the program. It depends: Are they going to Ruby Soho her? Are they going to Soraya her? Or are Bingo. they going to make her? Are they going to Tony Storm her? And by the way, Tony Storm, even with the push and getting the early championships, didn't get. 
anywhere until she developed into this new timeless character. Her first two championships were like, okay, who cares? Nobody gave a shit. Yeah, nobody gave a shit until she stood out and did something daring, and now she's over like Rover. Mercedes Monet, you brought up a point where nothing stood out. Don't forget, that didn't mean they didn't write some stuff that they all liked, or they didn't write some stuff and create some ideas and got on the same page. I'm talking about uh, this Jennifer Longfellow. Peppermint. 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 Jennifer Peppermint. Peppermint. It's Matt Peppermint, like he's a Pepperman, right? Yeah. Jennifer Peppermint and Mercedes Monet. They might have had a lot of really great creative juices flowing, but then you had perverted old crazy man who doesn't like her because she doesn't ah. have blonde hair and she doesn't have big old boobs and her last name's not Flair. So he said, no, not doing that. You're going to upstate ah. Charlotte. We got to get her all the world titles. All the world titles. So I don't know. I, I so I, I am I'm I'm happy, though, that they're going towards building storylines again that's what our big gripe was our big with that, gripe question, was, with, with, with that in mind how do you think the AEW niche crowd is going to react to a person that has influenced wwe coming into that writer's room and providing these storylines they are going to love it and the reason they're going to love it is because they've proven Whatever they want to say, we don't like talking, we don't like promos, we don't like storylines, we just like good wrestling. You didn't give a flying shit about Daniel Garcia until he started dancing. You didn't give a shit about Tony Storm until she became timeless. You didn't give a shit about a lot of people until they gave you a reason to like them outside of their in-ring stuff. So that's why. Things are going to happen organically, and it's not like AEW is going to change who they are. They're going to continue to have and put a priority on in-ring performing. But they could still do the storytelling to a better function outside. I was never against the matches. I'm against maybe having enhancement matches. Like, give me some matches that it's going to be interesting. And they only have usually yeah. a couple of them. But this past couple of weeks, they have had some matches that, okay, there were a couple enhancement matches between Tony Storm and Deanna Perrazzo. Pardon me. Ugh. But overall, I got to be honest with you, it's, it's, I like the direction. But the AEW niche crowd, as long as it's AEW, they're going to like it because they're because a lot of them are hypocrites. A lot of them, know, some of them might turn it off, but guess what? For everyone that's turning it off, there'll probably be another person that thinks it's much more interesting and maybe more people will sign up. But they're not going to turn great, it off. But they're not going to turn it off because the only other competition is WWE, and they'd rather have their balls cut off than watch WWE. Uh, so they're going to keep on watching AEW like good little bitches no matter what they put on. They've proven it that they will. AEW has been dog shit for a good portion of the last six months, and they were swearing by it. So they're going to do whatever Tony Khan wants them to. They're going to defend Tony Khan when he acts like an asshole. They're going to defend anything that could be defended about AEW, and they're going to like whatever they put on TV. So that's what that niche crowd's going to do. It's a great perspective on that niche crowd. Let me ask you this: In this article about Peppermint that I that I checked out, they actually like a, a list of names that are probably in that writers' room with her. Do you want to hear that or no? Will I recognize any of them or give a shit? Yeah, I think you. Yeah, I think you will. Oh, hold um, on one second. Okay. Something popped up on my fucking computer. 
What the? F- I don't want that. <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't have any problems with that, so I don't need that. It was an e. It was some kind of pop up for ED pills. Huh. That's odd. It's usually associated with weird searches, but let's carry on. I don't do any of that on my this computer. This computer is clean as a whistle, sir. Let's move on. Yeah, so I forget where I was at, man. That annoyed me. So here's uh, like who she's going to be working with versus what she was working with in WWE. First name that they mentioned is Sanjay Dutt. Then you have Will Washington. Pat Buck. Sherry Lynn. Christopher Pat Buck. Daniels. Yeah. I He's thought like he died. Hair guy. Love Pat uh, Buck. Pat Buck is like the reddish hair guy. Like he was at WWE at 1.2. Um, Jerry Lynn, Christopher Daniels, Dean Stanko Malenko, Jimmy Jacobs, who's described more as a quote unquote admin than a quote unquote wrestling, writing wrestling television, and then recently returned QT Marshall. So nobody who's ever done it in a big time level ever. Well, you know, so, so when I read that, the one is Jimmy Jacobs, because if you look at it back in the WWE days, he was the one that did the uh, Kevin Owens Jericho angle, which was one of the better things they did in the the, the later um, old decrepit pervert years, if you will. Yeah. And that one stood out. And here he's there and he's like described more as an admin for some reason, but. Maybe that changes. Maybe she has work experience with him and elevates him a little bit. Maybe he has different ideas, but there are some veteran voices in that room. You know, uh, you got some great technical wrestlers. By the way, Jericho said he wrote, he and Kevin Owens came up with the fest, the, the friendship thing, and Jimmy Jacobs kind of helped him. So, I, again, a lot of this stuff, wrestlers bring a lot to the table. So, I think wrestling writers, I, I think, are a little overrated. I really, really do. But I don't know. But anything can help AEW, though, at this point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Most certainly. Um, Yeah. So, I don't know. Trying to think anything else in terms of AEW that's coming to your mind. Hey, how about this? Ooh. What did you think about the booking of the triple threat match with RVD, Hook, and Adam Page against Swerve Strickland, Brian Cage, and Samoa Joe? The six-man Six man, yep. Well, um, I thought it was fine. I don't know what you what you want to do differently. I thought it was weird. I guess Hangman Wrestling Observer News newsletter, and they usually get something like this right because it's Adam Page who is buddies with their buddies. So Wrestling Observer, so you're not getting necessarily an agenda here. Um, Wrestling Observer is reporting that Hangman actually had a personal issue where he's got, I don't, I, and he was going, and they wound up working a knee injury. Uh, but I don't know how true that is because they had a camera on, on Hangman and he, and he was telling the camera to stop shooting him. He's like, stop, stop, stop. Like you, you saw him telling the camera, which again, indie bullshit. <laughs> like what? Sell the leg. And pretend like you're on national television for Christ's sake. And we've and we've seen him right. do it before. We've seen Moxie do it before. But like literally, you're right there, and he's telling the camera, like the camera's there, like go, go, go. Yeah. Like, 
breaking the fourth wall if it's intentional is okay. But when you're doing that, or when you're when you're doing the thing with Moxley when he's in a heated tag team match against the Young Bucks and he's sitting there bullshitting with one of the Bucks on what the next spot's gonna be on the hard camera, it's hard to take. That's yeah. the kind of stuff where where you, you embarrass yourself, and then you have, and then I'm sure it's gonna be on AEW botches or whoever other WWE nerd tribalist is gonna be. Like, Look what I said happened. Burr, burr, burr. Botchamania is going to totally show it. Botchamania is going to have a couple nice, nice pieces of steak from this past dynamite, to be honest with you. Yeah. Between that and Madison Rain. Bad. We get her getting spiked. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I thought it was? It was like, it's, it's, I, there's weird dynamics in that match that Tony Khan just loves. Okay, we'll take two baby faces, team them up with a heel, like a a rising heel, and then we'll put them against the heel face world champion and the heel way over baby face that the crowd just loves, and then one of his stooges. And then that's what we're going to give them. And we'll see what happens out there. And none of it was making sense. Even like during a promo with Paige and... RVDs. RVD was like, why the fuck am I listening to you? Like, you know, like, you know, it was one of those things. And I got to give credit, some credit to RVD too, man. Considering his age, where he is in life, still puts on a good show. Um, Puts on a better show than probably 50% of that roster. Honestly. And if I was Tony Khan, that's one person, one veteran, I would definitely put, um, you know, not that I got to see him every week. But, hey, I don't mind him with Hook. There's connections there. If if for some reason Matt Riddle dropped into their lap and that worked out, I wouldn't mind seeing Matt Riddle with those two guys there, and that's a pretty decent faction. Um, especially as Hook sort of learns to, to continue to become a professional wrestler. Yeah, Riddle will be um, at least another, like, eight or nine months, maybe ten months, yeah. if, yeah, if so. not more. You know what I mean? I'm sure he didn't sign a long-term yeah. deal just in case WWE wants him back. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I didn't like. I I don't know. Like, I didn't mind the booking to be honest with you. Like I would have, and here here's the way I would have probably done it. Just, you know, this is just me. I would have had Hook and RVD against Swerve and Samoa Joe. Um, Page, I would have actually put at the announcer table. He can go and blather about, and then at some point he gets in there and acts heelish, and you know you basically spin off of that tag team match into the triple threat match and it just gives you more fuel for that fire. But instead I'm like trying to watch these like weird teams coexist. Well, there's a program so. with hook and Brian cage as well. And that was part of the story as well. So it wasn't yeah, just randos. Yeah. So there was, I, yeah. I, I disagree. I think that the booking did make some sense. I don't know what you're doing with hangman, why he faked an injury or what's going on with that. That's the thing yeah. that puzzles me. So hopefully that makes sense. If not, then you're a lot more right than wrong for sure. Yeah, yeah, I just, I don't know, just it was like strange dynamics, I thought, but it's, and it, you know, it's it's sort of a testament to like what's going on with the AEW crowd, where they portray somebody as an ultimate heel, crowd goes and ordains them as a babyface. There's that aspects I like, man. Yeah. yeah, like, and I'm, it's a little confusing, but again, it's like, it's taking like some stuff that we saw with ECW and maybe maybe even Stone Cold and WWE to like the umpteenth degree where it's beyond anti-hero stuff. It's like, hey, he's a cool heel. We're cheering for him. That's our scumbag. 
Yeah, totally what it is is what it is. Yep. That's our scumbag. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a really weird. And you're, I think, you make a great point. I feel like AEW always said there, a lot of people are comparing them to WCW, especially like WCW two thousand. I said I don't think they're there yet. I think maybe it's more. No. Now. Especially now that they seem like they've turned a little bit of a corner here, and I'm actually getting excited for this pay per view, um, which is the first time in a while I haven't been excited for their pay per views. So this is this is good. I'm getting interested. Yeah. It seems like compared to WCW, and I I feel like Tony Khan books a lot more like it's New Japan Pro Wrestling mixed with ECW. That's what it's like. A lot of backstage vignettes, backstage promos, something ECW carried a lot of their storylines on. Um, but the in-ring perfor- styles, it's a little bit more of a, a certainly more of a mixture, as MJF would say. So many different flavors of ice cream in AEW. But they do have a New Japan booking in terms of how the matches go. I will say that. And they do have a lot of ECW. And ECW had a niche crowd, too, by the way. You know, people said to say, look what we're doing over here. It's cool. And people kind of came there. And and, and a lot of people loved ECW. But a lot of people didn't get ECW. A lot of people thought it was too violent. A lot of people were turned off by it. You know, and and, but a lot of people loved it. So ECW was a niche crowd, too. The thing was that you got to wonder... If you put on the ECW, because there's a lot of stuff in ECW we loved back then. If we saw it on national television today, we'd be like, what the hell are we doing here? Right. Truly. So that's what I think. I see a lot more resemblance to ECW, but without the revolutionary spirit ECW had. And that's something that ECW brought. ECW brought a revolution to wrestling like no other. Whereas you could say the indie scene kind of made the revolution on its own and created their own entity in AEW. So it was a little bit different. But uh, that honestly, that that's my biggest thing is I think Tony really loves the old ECW. He said he does, and plus New Japan. That's really the amalgamation of AEW. When AEW could be really good, sometimes they do book like I don't want to insult him and say Vince Russo, but sometimes they do book like the last nine months of WCW where they don't have storylines that go places like Jay White and Hangman completely being. Uh, completely not giving a shit that Adam Cole in a wheelchair and the mid card mafia and Wardlow took both of them out. And that didn't go anywhere. It's it. And that, and that it, you brought it up earlier. That pit, that's that, that's the kind of thing that old school WCW did or Vince yeah. McMahon, his latter latter years did. Yeah. And that's what pisses fans off. Cause we get excited about something. Oh, cool. Jay white, a baby face turn where he's going mono a mono with Adam Cole. That's the first thing I thought when he came out. And then yeah. what do you do? You come up with that gang bang scissor gang. Whatever it's called. Something similar to that though. It's close. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm last- you know. <laughs> One last thought on AEW. Go ahead. Vladdy Dottie crushing it with the AEW review as always, brother. We're looking at an intriguing match. This is probably the most intriguing match for me on this pay-per-view. We have Will Ospreay against Takeshka in a battle of the Don Callis family, which, as I named, Faction of the Year. Without titles involved, that's how impressive this faction is to me. 
That was not my favorite one of your awards. I didn't. I, no titles, wasn't on TV uh, as much. Uh, but I didn't want to say anything during the awards because it's not what those are for. And I appreciate that. And you're a professional as always. However, I'm looking at this as almost like a poly dangerously sort of faction here where he is just mixing up some of the greatest talent that AEW has to offer from Japan, uh, from AEW itself. And he has the ability to go and put something that, I mean, you know what, if he had like a two or three year run, two or three year run with these guys, it could almost be four horsemen esque. And I'll throw that on the table. So I went and gave them that, and they are the first faction of the year in the Vladinatis. A lot on potential. I'm not going to give it three, to Justin by the way, on our, you know, on our YouTube page. Yeah. Vadi Dottie's party. All four parts are up now, folks. Check them out. Our 2023 awards, the Vadi Dottie's, curated by this beautiful man right here. Cheers to you all. A little buffalo trace tonight. So, with that, um, the match should be incredible. I think Takeshka is one of the better talents in AEW. It's got a great look. Badass dude in the ring. Like, and the whole combination with him and Callis, I love. But I got, I sense something weird going on there. And Osprey himself, like, I don't know. Like, I'm thinking one of these two is going to be turned on. And that's what I'm a little bit concerned about. Whereas I'd rather these two guys remain on the same page. You make a tag team out of two of them between um, was it Fletcher and uh, Hobbs, and you have Takeshka and Osprey, right? I would leave it at the four, personally. And you make a tag team out of uh, two of them, the TNT champion out of the other, the world champ out of the other. Like you have a great potential for like for like just dominance with Callis at them as the mouthpiece. Is the Aussie Open other Aussie Open character coming back? Uh, I don't know, and I got to be honest with you. I think Fletcher is so damn talented. <sighs> like, I wouldn't just hold him to that because it, he could look better and he could start striving. I'm not going to go and compare the other guy to Marty Jannetty or whatever, but <laughs> I wouldn't hold him. I wouldn't hold him back. You know what I mean? Well, he's had a really good singles run in Ring of Honor, so that's the positive there. Yeah. Um, but I just don't know if you put Hobbs with a tag team, especially Fletcher. I don't know if they drive, but the, like I said before, the potential certainly there. Uh, to what you think is fishy, I think you might be seeing just the supremacy of who the real alpha of the Don Callis family is. And then whoever it is, does Callis cheat for someone? And then them, them, those are, them's the breaks kid? Which you can see going with Takeshita because he can kind of manipulate Takeshita more so than you would think Will Ospreay. So just because of their personalities, Takeshita can go either way. And then Takeshita's kind of like, I wouldn't say the whipping boy, but Callus will always show pre uh, preferential treatment towards Will Ospreay in that battle between those two. And eventually, I think maybe down the road, you're going to see it. But I'm with you. I'd rather than, particularly because you just lost Sammy Guevara, let's right. see this group breathe a little bit and see what they can do in 2024. And see if they can live up to the 2023 faction of the year that Vladdy Daddy gave them. So I'm really looking forward. I'm glad Will Ospreay is going to be on television every week. He's 
fantastic. He's one of the best in ring performers. He can cut a good promo. He says bruv a ridiculous amount, which I love. So let's let's LFG. Let's F and go. And you know, you, you got that. And then you got Mercedes Monet, who's definitely going to be in, in Boston, and uh, Okada, who in all likelihood will be in Boston as well. A lot of positives for AEW, and they got some succinct storylines going in the right direction. A completely different story than what I was saying just three or four weeks ago, at least in my perspective. So all you got to do is not have someone almost die every week on TV, and I think they'll be fine. Or paralysis. That If you can avoid those two things, you're like uh, a sustainable company. So Tony Khan will give you credit for avoiding those uh, sort of hurdles as of this moment, but Stop striving for that brass ring. I got to stop going to AEW. I, I can't go to AEW matches anymore because you got my me being in attendance, considering I was a stone cold and draws. And with their track record, you're just talking about a double whammy, a recipe for absolute disaster if I go see an AEW show. That's for darn sure. You would probably take out FTR. And then <laughs> and, I would, I, and I would be like really upset for a long time about that. And it'd be, it'll be a little goddamn mush. Better. Neck yeah, mush. Like, You're a man. neck mush. Like, how'd you take him out and double pile drivers at the same time? Silicon City Valley, that's sort of evil powers that you got emanating from yourself in this wrestling arena. It's going to be the undisputed kingdom that does it to him as well because they always try to break people's necks. I'll leave right then and there. Oh, that's that's what we want. The undisputed mid-card. Even though they've been pretty good. T- T- Taven and... Orange Cassie had a good match a couple weeks ago. I really like Mike Bennett. He got um, still. I don't know. We'll see. I like Tate. I, I thought Taven showed showed uh, himself pretty well in that Texas Death Match. Yeah. Uh, I didn't understand the ending of the match, but again, you know, I got it. It's predestined and predetermined. But it's like I'm gonna rip off your pockets and then I'm gonna watch you go and like punch me in the face with the chain. And he was like, he was owning Orange Cassidy before that. Like, I was like, man, this guy hit some pretty good moves. And just, it was like a little anticlimactic for the way it went out that way. Um, uh, he's way better than Roger, Roderick Strong, in my opinion, at this moment. Former Ring of Honor champion, by the way, Matt Taven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like, you know, anything to sneeze at what he's done already. So it's like, I that was really like the longest match I've watched him wrestle. I'm like, oh, there's something there. He's a pretty big dude. I'll be honest with you, Roderick yeah. Strong is kind of a bottleneck up there because I don't look at him as a main event guy. I don't look at him as he's a low to mid card guy. That's why I see Roderick I'm rooting, Strong. I'm rooting for Orange Cassidy in that match. Can you believe that? Wow. Too? Wow. Because Cassidy, folks, if you don't watch this show a lot or you're or listen to us on Spotify a lot, Lottie Nottie has not been the biggest Orange Cassidy fan. In fact, if you ask me to say the people Lottie hates the most, Bucks, Moxley, Dark Order for some reason. And then I would say Orange Cassidy. So for you to say you're rooting for Orange Cassidy, wow, yeah. Roddy Strong has got to be high on your least liked list for sure. Least liked list. Least liked list. I said it three times. That's all you're getting. Uh, you know what? If he keeps keeps up this, uh, this, this pace, he's going to be most awful. Or the Young Bucks... You're talking, about the future, you're talking about the future international champion, buddy. He'll be an international champion within two weeks. Mark my words. Oh, my God. It's so stupid. It and is. And the kingdom are tag team champions in Ring of Honor. Yeah, yeah. And then Wardlow can be the AEW. You're, they're, they're trying to make these guys the Undisputed Era all over again. I get it. Yawn. Boring. 
but whatever, whatever. We'll see what happens. I, I'm, I'm going to, I really like Michael Bennett and I like Matt Taven. I still don't think they should have been the guys who took out MJF. I'm sorry. I don't, but I digress moving on. But other than that, yeah, Lottie, I thought that was a great wrap up on AEW this week. Some things to be excited for. Don't forget next week where we'll have our revolution picks and check out our elimination chamber picks if you haven't already. That'll be come, that'll be dropping later on today as well. Hope you guys are having a great time. Lottie Dot, anything else for AEW? No, that's about it. I hope people uh, enjoyed this segment and uh and as always, we try to, you know, be open-minded with what we're watching. But, you know, we're going to go and offer some criticisms as lifelong fans that you and I are. And, uh, you know, don't take it personally. Just enjoy the show. Tribalist nerds. Yeah, jerk off. For Vladi Dynasty Silicon Steve Valley, you have been watching High Spots and She Pops. Follow me at... Hi Popper on Twitter. Check us out on Facebook and certainly join our fan page, which is growing leaps and bounds. Hi Spots and Cheap Pops Pro Wrestling fan page. And of course, hit the subscribe button here on the YouTube. Follow if you're listening to us on Spotify. Great things are afoot. We're going to have a lot of plans for WrestleMania coming up. We'll see you guys next time. Until then, Lottie Dad, this is Silicon Steve Island for High Spots and Cheap Pops. Here, endeth the lesson.